0: Welcome to Thoughts on the Market. I'm Guy Paiva, Morgan Stanley's Chief Latin American Equity Strategist.
1: And I'm Andrea Lois, Morgan Stanley's Chief Latin Economist.
0: And on this special episode of the podcast, we'll discuss this year's economic and equity outlook for Latin America. It is Tuesday, February 7th at 10 a.m. in New York.
1: And noon in São Paulo.
0: By all accounts, last year was a difficult one for global markets. Yet so far, 2023 is starting on a brighter note. There are reasons to be more optimistic with moderating inflation and the outlook for China and Europe solidifying the case for a weaker U.S. dollar. Overall, emerging markets look better positioned than developed markets, and within EM, today we'll take a look specifically at Latin America. André, to set the stage, can you give us a sense of how Latin America has fared post-COVID and how it has dealt with the big global challenges of 2022?
1: Well, Guy, the growth performance of the region was not particularly different from the other regions during the bulk of the COVID slump. But the levels of poverty in Latin were already high at the beginning of the pandemics, and the increase in unemployment in 2020 and 2021 aggravated that situation. The erosion of purchasing power stemming from accelerating inflation played an important role as well, and the result was mounting strength of political proposals backing more unorthodox ideas especially a permanent rise in fiscal spending. So the policy reaction aiming to control inflation has been deployed amid this more challenging context.
0: Well, you just mentioned policy reaction. Indeed, with rampant inflation in the region, Latin American central banks were broadly ahead of their global curve in 2022, having started hiking interest rates in 2021. Andrea, how effective has their monetary policy been so far and what are your expectations for the rate cycle from here?
1: Well, the response of Latin central banks came quite early and has been proving effective in most countries. One of the reasons central bankers of the region react promptly is related to the inflation-prone past of the region, which is still fresh in the mind of many economic agents, which leads to the anchoring of inflation expectations as soon as observed inflation accelerates. This means central banks need to react timely, and as a result, the central banks of Brazil, Mexico, Chile, and Peru started to hike rates still in the first half of 2021, with Colombia following early on the second half. With the exception of Colombia, inflation has peaked in all countries under our coverage where the central banks pursue an inflation target. With lower inflation, we see an easing cycle starting in all countries in the region, with Chile leading in the second quarter, Peru and Mexico in the third quarter, and Brazil and Colombia cutting towards year-end.
0: And what are your economic growth forecasts for the rest of this year and the longer term?
1: Growth in 2023 will show a deceleration compared to last year, with both Brazil and Mexico slowing down from 3% in 2022 to 1.4% in the current year. Deceleration will be more intense in Argentina, Chile and Colombia, with Chile effectively going into a stronger recession, a contraction of around 2%, in order to regain both price and current account stability. Lower growth is mostly due to the lag effects of the material monetary policy tightening we have just discussed, but lower global growth will also play a part on that, especially for Mexico, given the strong economic integration of this country with the U.S. For South America, China's recovery may prove a boon, as the Asian country is the main export destination for Brazil, Argentina, as well as the metal exporters Chile and Peru. Bagui, let me turn it over to you on the equity side. What are some of the key investment themes you are following this year?
0: We forecast 20% dollar upside for Latin American equities in 2023. The reasons behind our optimism are the region's leverage to the global economic cycle and the price you currently pay for regional stocks. So let me expand on these topics. First, about the leverage to the global economic cycle, historically, Latin equities tend to perform well during the early and mid-stages of the global economic cycle. The region produces several important soft and hard commodities like grains, copper, steel, and iron ore, as well as energy products like crude oil and natural gas. Therefore, a rising commodity prices produces a positive terms of trade shock, which leads to stronger domestic economic growth and benefits both directly and indirectly the public-traded companies across the region. Let me pivot now to the second topic, which is the price you currently pay for regional stocks. In my 20 years as an equity strategist, I have learned that the return in an investment is highly correlated to the price you pay for the asset. Therefore, current depressed valuations of Latin equities provide an interesting entry point for investors looking to gain exposure to the EM trade at a discount. Moreover, historically, Latin American equities have posted strong returns during the 12 months following an EM bear market trough, boosted by both global and local cyclical sectors.
1: Can you also walk us through some of the largest economies in the region and give us some color as to what's happening in the different Latin markets? Maybe start with Mexico, and in particular, the near-shoring opportunities there.
0: Sure, Andra. In Mexico, we struggled to have a positive structured view about local equities over the past four years because of the government's state-centric approach to some of the key sectors in the economy, like energy and electricity. However, we are more optimistic now And we believe economic growth could surprise to the upside from 2024 to 2030 and benefit the local stock market. First, if our US House view is correct and the current bear market in US equities finally ends in the first half of the year, Mexico should benefit in the second as a leverage play on a potential 2024 US economic recovery. Second, we have presidential elections in Mexico in mid-24 and we believe a newly elected government would likely take a less state-centric approach to the key energy and electricity sectors, which would ultimately help boost private sector business confidence and thus investment. Last but not least, we see Mexico as potentially enjoying gains from the ongoing on- and nearshoring shoring manufacturing trends. If we are correct, then economic growth in Mexico should surprise to the upside over the next six years, and the current on- and near-shoring investment team in the country, which is limited to a handful of mid- and small-cap stocks, would broaden out and include some of the Mexican large caps. And what about Brazil, Gui? In Brazil, we have a neutral stance towards local equities because the current government has given signs that intends to run a looser fiscal stance over the next few years, which should lead to a higher for longer monetary policy rate, higher real bond yields, which should undermine the apparently attractive valuation story for local equities. If we are correct in our assessment, the next few years should be good for Brazilian fixed income assets but not necessarily for equities. However, we believe there are a few interesting investment teams in the local equity market, and we are currently positioning some stocks which should benefit from them. For instance, we like private sector banks and insurance companies, which tend to do well during periods of higher for longer interest rates.
1: Finally, what are some key upcoming events and catalysts our listeners should be aware of, Guy?
0: Well, from a global perspective, André, we do expect the U.S. Fed to reach its peak rate at 4.625% in March and then stop. Therefore, U.S. payrolls and inflation data are key for the outlook of U.S. monetary policy, and therefore global risky assets. Meanwhile, in China, the latest batch of economic indicators has surprised to the upside, and we do expect the trend to continue in Q2. Finally, regionally, in Mexico, we expect the central bank, Banxico to end the current monetary tightening cycle at 10.75% in February, while in Brazil, the newly elected government should try to push through Congress an important tax reform and a new long-term fiscal framework during Q2. André, thanks very much for your questions and for taking the time to talk. Great to be with you, Gi. And thanks for listening. If you enjoy Thoughts on the Market, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and share the podcast with a friend or colleague today.